The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 200 The Problems of Growth Appear Needing to spend some time alone, Peter went to the rooftop of the house where the apostles were staying. It was early morning, and Jerusalem was slowly waking up to a cool, breezy, but bright sunny day. He breathed in deeply, enjoying the fresh air. So much had happened so quickly, it was hard to take it all in. It seemed the small group of 120 disciples had grown to 8,000 overnight. All 12 apostles were beginning to feel the strain and pressure from counseling, teaching, and meeting some of the physical needs of God's church. Peter began to realize that more help would be needed so the apostles could concentrate on spreading Christ's message to the world. He was praying fervently for Jesus to show him how this help should come. Peter thought about the men with leadership abilities who were stepping forward to help the apostles. Joses popped into his mind. He was a Levite living on the island of Cyprus. Peter and the other apostles recognized that Joses had a natural ability to work with people. He provided great encouragement to the new people added to the church. He was also fully supportive of all the apostles, uplifting their spirits as each new challenge came upon them. In fact, he was so encouraging that they had given him the last name Barnabas, which means the son of consolation. Barnabas was also generous in financially supporting the brethren and the growing work of God. He had recently sold some land and donated all the money from the sale to the work, laying it at the apostles' feet. He rejoiced that he was able to do so. Certainly Barnabas had a future role to play in the work. Peter's thoughts were interrupted by the sound of footsteps on the stairs. He turned from his view of the city to see John had come onto the roof. There is a member asking to see you, he said with a curious look on his face. This is early in the day for an unexpected visit, Peter told John. Let's see what this is about. Ananias and Sapphira were two of the early Jewish converts to God's church. Excited to be members of God's church, receiving new knowledge, they decided to follow the examples of Joses and others and give of their possessions to help the growing number of members in need. They sold a piece of land they owned, intending to give the money to the apostles. 
But once they received the money, their minds changed. They decided to keep a large part of the money for themselves. They imagined the things they could buy and what the money could do for them. Not wanting to look bad to the apostles and the Jerusalem congregation, Ananias and Sapphira acted as if they were giving all the money from the sale. They wanted the apostles to think as highly of them as they did of the others who had given to the cause. Ananias and Sapphira decided to appear before the apostles separately to ensure their plan worked. Ananias would first give the money to the apostles, then Sapphira would come later to hear them being praised for their giving. Ananias waited patiently for John to reappear with Peter. He smiled broadly when he saw Peter and John coming toward him with a few other apostles. The apostles greeted Ananias warmly, being somewhat familiar with him and his wife. At the same time, some other members appeared at the door requesting to counsel with the apostles. Ananias got right to the purpose of his visit, speaking to Peter within earshot of all present. Sapphira and I decided to sell some property to give our support to this great and wonderful work that you are doing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he said, looking intently at Peter. We are happy to give you all that we received for our piece of land. Peter's facial expression fell from warm welcome to cold disappointment. Why? Christ had revealed the truth of the matter to him in an instant. Ananias, why did you allow Satan to sway you to lie to the Holy Spirit by keeping part of the money you received from the property? Peter demanded. Ananias turned pale at Peter's stinging reprimand. Before you sold the property, it belonged to you. And after you sold it, the money was yours. Why did you decide to do such a thing? Ananias was speechless. Peter looked into Ananias' eyes. You have not lied to people. You have lied to God. At hearing Peter's judgment, Ananias fell to the ground and died. Great fear came on all those who witnessed the incident. Ananias' hypocrisy and lying were sins that brought about his sudden death. Several of the young men standing with the apostles soberly wrapped Ananias in a cloth, took him out, and buried him. Within a few hours, Sapphira came looking for Peter. She did not know what had happened to her husband. She came into the house and greeted God's chief apostle. Tell me, did you sell your land for this much money? Asked Peter, stating the same amount that Ananias had said. Yes, that is the exact amount we received, Sapphira said without hesitation. How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Peter stated in rebuke. The men who have buried your husband are at the door now, and they will carry you out too. Immediately, she dropped to the floor and died. Like her husband, Sapphira suffered the death penalty for her sins. 
The two young men came into the room, saw that she was dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. When the whole church heard about what had happened with Ananias and Sapphira, they were terrified by the power of God. There was no doubt that Jesus Christ was working powerfully through his chief apostle, Peter. Besides the striking signs at Pentecost, there were many other wonders regularly done among the brethren and the people of Jerusalem by the hands of all the apostles. The new religious movement grew in strength and numbers daily. Following the example of Jesus Christ, the apostles went to the temple daily to teach at Solomon's porch. Many of the new members met with them there because of the ample space to gather as a large group. For a time, no temple authority interrupted these important meetings. Many of the Jews living in Jerusalem held the apostles and the brethren in high esteem. As a result, Jesus Christ was able to add new members daily, both men and women. People living in Jerusalem brought their sick family members into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that, at the least, Peter's shadow might pass over them. It was clear that a new force was at work in Jerusalem. News of the miracle spread to cities beyond Jerusalem. Many people from those cities brought their sick family members and those who were troubled by demons to Jerusalem. Every one of them was healed. The apostles became the center of many conversations in Jerusalem. However, not everyone was thrilled. The Jewish leaders were incensed by the growth and impact of God's church and they were extremely jealous of the apostles. The high priests, his loyal companions, and the Jerusalem sect of the Sadducees decided to take action. One day when all the apostles were gathered at Solomon's porch, the resentful leaders ordered an armed guard to arrest the apostles. This was upsetting to the members gathered there, but the apostles were not surprised. Not one resisted arrest. The twelve were put into Jerusalem's public jail. The next morning, the high priest and his band of supporters summoned all of the Jewish elders for a full meeting of the council. They then sent officers to the prison with orders to bring the apostles before the council. However, when these men went to fulfill the command, they learned that the apostles were not in the prison. The officers rushed back to the high priest with the bad news. When the officers returned to the meeting without Peter and the others, the high priest jumped out of his seat in a rage. Where are the heretics? He yelled. The lead officer's face paled, stammering. He tried to explain what he had observed. 
When we reached the jail, it, it was locked up tight, he said. All the guards were at their watch at the gates. However, when we opened the gates, there was no one there. The high priest slumped back into his seat. What happened to those men? He asked with a tone of fear. All in the council room were stunned. We must remember that when Christ opens the door for God's apostles to deliver a message, no one can shut that door, not even a high priest. During the night, after the apostles were imprisoned, Christ sent an angel to release them. The angel miraculously opened the prison gates and led them out to freedom. When it is day, go and stand in the temple and tell the people all about this new way of life, commanded the angel of the Lord. The apostles obeyed with great rejoicing. At dawn, they entered the temple and started teaching. Back at the council meeting, a latecomer cleared up the matter for the high priest. Listen, the men you put in jail are in the temple teaching the people, he revealed. The high priest's face flushed to fiery red. Go to the temple, recapture them, and bring them here immediately, he commanded the council officer. We must shut these men's mouths. The officer and his men hurried to the temple. They found the apostles at Solomon's porch, surrounded by a crowd of people. Wisely, the court official did not use a show of force. He fed the crowd with stone them. Recognizing Peter, he said politely, The high priest and council of elders would like to meet with you and the others. Will you please come with us? Peter and the apostles went with the council official. He assured the crowd they would return soon to continue teaching them the good news of the coming kingdom of God. The officer led the apostles into the council chamber and made them stand in front of the council. Peter stood closest to the high priest. The priest knew Peter and John, and he took a close look at the others. He questioned them about what they were teaching in the temple and told them to explain how the miraculous events were happening. Peter respectfully explained again that they were teaching about the resurrection of Jesus and the miraculous power of using his name for healing the sick and casting out demons. The other apostles said the same things. The old priest's anger grew with every answer. We gave you strict orders not to teach in the name of this man, he retorted with fiery indignation. He did not appreciate being disobeyed. Can't you see what you have done? You have spread your teaching all over Jerusalem, and you seek to make us responsible for his death. You are responsible for his death, Peter thought. The other apostles were thinking the same thing. Listening to the high priest's concerns, the apostles knew that it was time to boldly tell this spiritually sick man the truth. We must obey God rather than men, 
Peter declared forcefully. He decided it was time to get tough with this man. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from death after you had killed him by nailing him to a stake. Peter stated. The Sadducees sneered at the mention of a resurrection. The high priest stood up in anger at Peter's words. Peter boldly continued. God raised Jesus to his right side as leader and savior to give the people of Israel the opportunity to repent and have their sins forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, which God gives to those who obey him. Hearing Peter's conviction about Jesus Christ, the council exploded with rage. Let's kill these heretics! They shouted. Yet there was one council member who remained calm. When the council made a move to slay the apostles, he stood up to speak. The room grew quiet immediately, and all the council members gave their full attention. It was Gamaliel, a man well-educated in the scriptures and the practical application of God's law. The council and the people of Jerusalem held great respect for him. He commanded that the apostles be escorted out of the room so he could speak to the council privately. My fellow Israelites, be careful what you do to these men, he said with a calm strength in his voice. Gamaliel knew that all of Jerusalem was aware of the apostles and the miracles taking place because of them. To kill these men would ignite riots. He recognized the council needed a clear-headed perspective and control over their emotions. Don't forget what has happened with other movements in the city, he said. Some time ago, a man named Theudas started boasting that he was somebody great. He had some big ideas about the best way to live. He was able to convince about 400 men to join his cause. But when he was murdered, all his followers scattered like sheep, and his cause died out. Gamaliel looked over the council studiously. After Theurus, Judas of Galilee came on the scene at the time of the census. He continued. Nobody likes taxing, so he drew a crowd after him. He was also killed, and all of his followers were scattered. He could sense the council was getting in step with where he was going with this history lesson. Gamaliel then made a bold suggestion. So, with this case of Peter and the other men, I advise you not to take any action against them. Leave them alone, he said with authority. If what they are doing and teaching is mere human effort, it will disappear like vapor. However, if their movement is from God, you cannot possibly defeat them. In fact, you could find yourselves fighting against God. 
The high priest and Sadducees recognized the wisdom of Gamaliel's words and agreed to let the apostles live. Gamaliel knew he had spared Jerusalem more trouble for the time being. However, the wise Pharisee also suspected the apostles were doing the work of God. Still, the council felt compelled to send a strong message to the apostles. They conferred among themselves as the council official brought Peter and the other apostles back into the room. After they beat the apostles with whips, the high priest warned them, Never speak again in the name of Jesus. Afterward, they set the apostles free. When the apostles left the presence of the council, they began to rejoice. They were so happy that God considered them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus Christ. They remained completely unintimidated by the council's threats. They returned immediately to doing God's work. Daily, they went in the temple and visited from house to house, teaching and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. The number of disciples continued to grow rapidly. It was exciting. However, life had been simpler when there was just 120. Now that there were multitudes of men and women, internal problems began to appear. God was continually defending the church from problems created by jealous Jews. Some of the problems found in Judaism also became issues that Peter and the apostles had to deal with. It was brought to Peter's attention that two opposing factions were forming within the church. The still young church was comprised strictly of Jews and Jewish proselytes. A portion of these Jews came from Judah proper, close to Jerusalem. They were known as Hebrews, Another portion of the Jewish membership were from Greek settlements far from Jerusalem. They were known as Grecians or Hellenists. They had absorbed Greek culture, customs, and likely some philosophy. The Jews from Palestine looked down on them. The Grecian Jews came to the apostles and complained that their widows were being neglected during the daily distribution of foods and funds to the needy. Peter had anticipated that problems like this would eventually arise. As the number of members grew, there had to be more laborers. The apostles had discussed the matter and had been praying for a solution. When the Grecians came for help, Christ gave Peter the answer. Peter knew that if this now small issue was not dealt with openly and quickly, the unity of the church would be threatened. He and the apostles called the multitude of believers together to speak to them. We understand some genuine needs are being unmet, Peter said with loving authority. However, it does not make sense that we should devote our time to taking care of these physical needs 
and neglect the spiritual work of preaching the Word of God. Therefore, my dear brethren, choose out seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will put them in charge of this matter. This way we will be able to devote our time to prayer and to the work of preaching the gospel. Relief spread through the crowd. The members were pleased with the apostles' solution. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. All these men were Grecian Jews. The multitude set them before the apostles, who laid their hands on them. In time, this office of service was given the title deacon. Adding these men to the labor force in the work gave Peter and the apostles more time to preach and teach. The number of disciples in Jerusalem multiplied greatly. Even a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. One of the new deacons, Stephen, exhibited many spiritual fruits in support of God's rapidly growing work. He was richly blessed by God and full of the power of the Holy Spirit. He began to do many signs and wonders among the members and other Grecians living in Jerusalem. He drew opposition from men who were members of the synagogue of the freedmen, which are Jews from Cyrene and Alexandria. They and other Jews from Cilicia and Asia began arguing with Stephen. Yet Christ, through the Holy Spirit, gave him so much wisdom that when he spoke, they could not refute him. In order to stop Stephen, these evil men bribed other men to say, We heard him teaching against Moses and against God. This stirred up the Grecian people, elders, and teachers of the law. The local Jewish leaders seized him and took him before the council. Yet Stephen was not fearful. He stood calmly before the Jewish leaders. The evil men who had Stephen captured also bribed other men to lie to the council about Stephen and what he taught. When the liars entered the room, the high priest asked, What charges do you bring against this man? This man is always talking against our sacred temple and the law of Moses. One replied. Another exclaimed. We heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth would tear down the temple and change all the customs that have come to us from Moses. Stephen did not even flinch. He put all his trust in Jesus Christ. He considered it a true honor to be standing before the council for preaching the incredible truth of God. The council members studied Stephen closely. They knew the boldness of Peter, John, and the other apostles. This young man was a new face. And when they looked on him, they saw the face of an angel.
to be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church. 